What's going on, Breakthrough Success listeners? Mark Verdi, the business freelance writer here. In this episode, we're going to talk about creating an effective digital strategy for your business. A lot of the consumer experience is happening online, and knowing which platforms to use and how to engage with people is important for all types of businesses, whether you're providing services or you are selling a products because that is where a lot of the customer experience happens. So our guest who joins us today, who's going to talk about creating an effective digital strategy. He is the founder and CEO of Accelerant Agency, a boutique digital strategy company based in Chicago that scales startups and small businesses. Accelerant has helped grow dozens of companies by reverse engineering their digital strategy and focusing on metrics that matter. Less of the fluff, more with the action. That is what Accelerant Agency is all about. That is what we are all about on Breakthrough Success. Our guest who joins us in this episode is none other than Jordan Wilson. Jordan, welcome to the show. Thanks for having us, Mark. That was amazing, man. I I, I have to hire you as a as a hype man that just follows me around and introduces me when I walk into a place. Uh, love it. But thank you. Uh, thank you for having me on. Jordan, it is a pleasure to have you on Breakthrough Success. And this podcast just being one of the many digital assets that business owners can use to reach customers. And there with so many different places to go with a digital strategy. How do we, I think we need to focus more on the harnessing of what truly matters instead of just feeling like we have to do everything. So can you break down like how do we create a simple strategy? Love it. Uh, you start at the end. Uh, and, and, and that's where most business owners and founders go wrong. Uh, they think about the different roads or the different vehicles, and they don't necessarily dig into the destination. And that destination is, where do you make money? <laughs> How do you make money? Uh, and you start there. Um, and you don't just answer it and you say, oh, I make money by getting people to sign up for this uh, appointment form. That's not that's not money. That's that's a lead. That's uh, it could be an unqualified lead. It could be a great lead. So you have to be able to take enough data um, from wherever you're collecting what you think that your end goal initially is. And if if you say, okay, well, we get a thousand lead forms a month. How many of those become paying customers? Okay. How many? Uh, what, what's the average order value on those? So you really have to start at the absolute end, which is the money, and then you have to reverse engineer it, like you said, and say, okay. Where did this money come from? What are our, uh, you know, conversion rate um, percentages at each different step of our business? So you really have to start at the end. So when you you do want to get someone to fill out the form because that creates possibility, but then it's that uh, phone call where you're giving them the payment information and then they're paying and becoming the customer. Uh, so I like the idea of being at the end of mine. I, I definitely agree with that. Uh, I'm just wondering with all the different marketing strategies that we have, what does the end in mind focus look like? Uh, are you, does the end of mind start with creating an avatar or the end of mind start with a script writing? What does that end of mind look like? Yeah, great, great question. 
Um, because, you know, like, like you mentioned, you know, talking about avatars or, you know, different, um, you know, consumer demographics, you want to make sure that your marketing speaks to them hundred percent. Absolutely. Uh, normally though, there's dozens or hundreds of hours that you really have to dig deeper into the data. Uh, and, and let me try to quickly, quickly explain this without uh, accidentally talking for the next 20 or 30 minutes. Um, you know, let's, let's take that theoretical example I, um, I had. So, you know, maybe one of your listen, uh, one of your listeners is a founder, um, or an owner of a business and they get that thousand, you know, lead forms. Let's say that they're a, a local service-based business. Um, so before you even dig into those avatars or, you know, uh, tapping into the different pain points of those demographics, you have to f- figure out where are people dropping off, right? So, uh, what we find even with, you know, seven, eight figure businesses, um, a lot of them don't even have the proper data tracking to even start to see where are the holes, right? Where are the holes in our funnel? Um, so before we even start uh, developing marketing strategies for those different demographics and to address different pain points on different channels through different mediums, we first spend uh, a ridiculous amount of time uh, to, to see where's the drop off and then helping our clients even understand that. And we say, hey, this demographic is dropping off here. Here's why we think that they're dropping off here and here's how we're going to test it and here's how we're going to improve it. So yeah, before you can even start developing those different marketing strategies for the different avatars or demographics, you really have to dig way deep into the data and you have to go step by step. And so it's a lot of times it's sitting with you know business owners and saying, uh, walk me through every single step of the process, no matter, hey, a phone call, someone doing it online, do you have a separate e-commerce shop? It's it's understanding literally every single step um, because we need to find where the biggest drop-off is in order to, you know, hit rewind and start building a comprehensive digital strategy is you have to understand um, very intimately that very last step of, of, of not just the money, where is it coming from, but who's who's converting and who's not and where are they falling off and what i think would happen if jordan asks that question to a lot of business owners i honestly don't think all of them or even most of them would have a clear answer for him i don't think they would know from start to finish the intricacies and the data points like this email uh has a 30 percent open rate and a 10% uh, click-through rate that leads that next step. I don't think a lot of people have that uh, framework. So obviously you go really deep into this framework, but what would you say is like a bare bones uh, type of framework to get started with for someone who just heard this really great point, but they don't really have the answer for their business right now? Yeah. Great question. And to even answer that question, less than less than 1%. You know, I've talked to a hundred of small business owners, startups, uh, founders, less than 1% have um, really any idea. And that's, you know, I can't really blame them. Um, it can be hard because, you know, marketing and advertising, it's a very fast moving world. Um, so a lot of times they're just trying to keep up with those, the different vehicles and the different roads, and they don't always take the time to look at the, the destination and, and, and hit rewind, right? Um, but to to address the, the, the question there, um, again, you start at the end, you start building, building backwards. Um, but a lot of times it's, it's, it's gonna look so much different 
um, for, for, for different types of businesses, right? So um, one, let's say they rely heavily on, you know, organic SEO. So they rely on just getting discovered um, on, on a, you know, Google, and then they're collecting, um, you know, collecting lead form data. And then they're probably, hopefully, you know, sending an email autoresponder uh, to, to, to someone that fills it out to, you know, at least introducing a little bit of marketing automation into uh, the flow. So to hopefully, um, you know, not lose people um, at at that um, at that avenue. So, you know, when when we are making these plans, we we do have to say what can we measure, right? And a lot of times they're not measuring it. So it's it's getting the basics, right? So regardless of um, again the, the the vehicle, the um, the road or the destination, it's it's Google, right? For better or worse, Google um, owns the overwhelming majority of the internet. So you have to make sure that you have the basics. You need Google Analytics on your website, right? Um, if we're just talking the online space, right? I, I know very few companies that don't uh, want traction online, but you have to have the basics. You need Google Analytics. Um, and if anyone's listening, uh, listening is a little technical. You still want Google Analytics uh, 3 or Universal Analytics, as it's called, even though they're sunsetting it uh, in, in a month or two, but they keep pushing that back. Um, and then you need Google Analytics 4 as, as well, which is kind of um, Google's new analytics tool. You need those things. Um, you also need Google Search Council. Very few uh, companies have that installed. That tells you uh, a little bit more information that you aren't getting from Google Analytics in terms of how people are finding you. Um, and then obviously, you know, if you're running any kind of ads, you obviously want to, um, you know, have Google ads and, you know, have all the correct pixels and, and tracking on your website. So um, that's, that's the no matter, um, you know, no matter what the, the, the business, the, the, the niche, who their end consumer is, you've got to get the basics of Google. And you also, as a business owner, I don't care if, if, if you have five employees or 500, either you or someone who is a, a decision maker needs to understand the basics. You need to like, this isn't, you know, 2001 or, you, you know, uh, 1995, where it's incredibly difficult to be able to get those metrics. A lot of times it's it's spend an hour or two, um, maybe hire a company or just there's plenty of great uh, re, you know resources on YouTube. Get the basics set up so you can start to measure. But that's regardless. It's you know Google, Google, Google. <laughs> I mean, a lot of the themes with any successful digital marketing strategy is this large presence of data and Google Analytics. It's the best free way to get access to a lot of good data points. They're software and things like that that give you a whole bunch of data points as well. Some of them that you may not be able to access through Google Analytics, but it does serve as that starting point. And you could feel a little overwhelmed at that at some points, but if you just dive in, it becomes easier to create that strategy. Uh, with any strategy, there is content and for the majority of them, also social media. And I think one of the traps that business owners fall into is they're just checking off items that they do. Like you wrote a blog post per or like this week, you're doing weekly blog posts, you check off that item. And I think that creates this disconnect where the content isn't necessarily moving the business forward. So I'm wondering if you could share with us, how can we create content that feels connected to the business rather than just doing it for the sake of being busy. 
Another great question. Uh, clearly, clearly you do this a lot. Um, you know, so so what I would say, Mark, is I would tell you the same as I would tell any business owner that that asked me the same thing. Is you, yes, you do need to be creating um, valuable content. So emphasis on valuable content on uh, all different platforms. And you know, someone's saying, "Oh, Jordan, that's uh, you know, that's so hard. It's it's too many, um, you know, too many resources. It's it, it's it's not because here's the thing." Um, so many uh, small and medium-sized businesses spend so much time meeting about content, right? They'll 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 get three, four, five, six people and have multiple meetings a week about creating content. So you can't say that it's it's too difficult or oh we don't have the resources if you're spending all this time meeting, right? Um, and there's obviously so many uh, with with um, the sudden uh, and, and and I say that in quotations the sudden emergence of um, you know some some new AI technology it just <laughs> makes content creation so much easier, right? So, um, you, you know, if a business owner or, you know, a solopreneur or entrepreneur says like, hey, it's, it's hard to create something for social media in a blog post and an email, it's not. If, if, if you do it, um, if you use a little bit of strategy on the front end and you think about it and you create the correct process, you can create a week's worth of content for social, email, blog post, even paid ads in an hour. In an hour and a half, it's it's really, it's really not time consuming, um, because what what happens so many times is someone's going to make a great blog post, right, and then they're going to say, ah, oh, well, it didn't, you, you know, a week or two later, they're going to be like, why why aren't we getting all new customers, right, not knowing the technical side of. Google, right? Um, maybe that blog post you 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 wrote the kind of targeted keyword, um, whether you you know set that or not, or you're just like let me write about something. It might be in an extremely competitive niche, right? Um, it could take you know weeks, months, or years until you got a return on that blog post, depending on hey. Are, are there five people on the internet writing about this or are there five million, right? So, and, and then if there's maybe only five, maybe a lot of people aren't searching for it. Um, so, you know, creating content, it is a, um, it's a process. You do need to have a strategy, but regardless, it's a way better strategy to just spend time, create content and then repurpose it um, than it is to just spend you know time in these meetings and talking about it and thinking about it. Um, and then when you finally do create one great thing, a great blog post, a great email, um, a great you know social media you know series, whatever it is, um, that's that's 20% of the work, right? So let's say you and your team you know create a great blog post and it's you know it's got uh, some good headlines and it adds value to your you know your current clientele and potential customers um, and you spend 10 hours on it, right? Um, if you're spending 10 hours to create something, you should be spending five times that amount repurposing it and um, putting it out on other platforms. So, so that blog post could become a short podcast. It could become a few short videos. It could become, you know, 20, 20 or more short social media posts. So there's, I think there's so much wasted time in creating content um, because you think that, oh, if I create this blog post, all 10,000 of, of my Instagram followers are going to see it. No, they're not. Zero of them are. No one's going to see that. So create, if you create a, a concept that you put in a blog post, an email, whatever it may be, spend even more time getting that value and making sure that it translates to all of your 
your your followers on on social? How can you make an ad out of it to to get new uh, clients and customers? So yeah, it's it's there needs to be a much greater emphasis placed um, on the strategy part. So then you can get more out of the hours that you put into it, repurposing it and and using it on um, other other channels. And one thing I want to double down on is Jordan mentioned that the blog posts, they can continue to do well for you for years. And it's really hard to measure the ROI of a blog post in terms of like days, weeks, months, because of all the SEO traction of blog gains over time. And you never know who's reading your content. It could be a prospect comes to your blog from a introductory type of content that the introductory may not get any sales at all, but it's bringing people into your brand. So the content you create does have long-term impact. I want to get into the AI content a little bit more. We've heard about chat, GPT a lot and similar stuff like that. I'm a business freelance writer. I've seen people say like it's going to replace writers and I, I don't really see that playing out in any way. Uh, I've seen that some people like what I've heard is they take the rough, uh, draft chat GPT does and humanize it. Uh, I'm wondering what your take is on AI content because I know you mentioned that as a time saver. Okay, so uh, we might we we might butt heads here on this one, Mark. But first, uh, before before I go into my hot take, let me let me give a very brief um, background of of you know um, my background in starting my agency. So I did spend. Uh, eight years as a full-time multimedia journalist. And then I spent another 10 years at a nonprofit where I was creating content literally all the time. And we ended up kind of becoming an activation agency for, for Nike and Jordan. Um, so I, I, I have been getting paid to write professionally for 20 years. I've hired hundreds of writers. Um, currently my agency, we use hundreds of pieces of software. So let me say this, when it comes to AI or, or GPT uh, three or, you know, I, Think technically we're on GPT 3.5. Um, when it comes to that, you know, if you would have asked me when I first started using it, so first started using GPT um, in late 2020 when it first came out. We're, we're, we're early adapters. We've been using it for a while. If you if you would have asked me then, I would have been exactly where you are right now, Mark, and said, "Oh, absolutely not. You, you know, there's no way." Um, what's happened the last? three to four months, um, it's changed my mind completely. Um, and it has nothing to do with chat GPT, right? Uh, I think for a lot of people, that was their first introduction into the technology. Uh, but like I said, um, OpenAI, the parent company of uh, chat GPT, um, has made that uh, their platform available to um, a lot of other companies since 2020. So um, early on, uh, there is a lot of, you know, kind of like big names, um, you, you know, Copy AI, uh, Jarvis slash Jasper uh, that have been around for a couple of years now. Um, and to see what the, the progress that some of those platforms have made over the last couple of months, um, it's astonishing. Um, so I do think that um, chat GPT right now. Um, you know, if I needed to, you know, a lot of times I'm, I'm, I'm a former writer. So if I'm creating, you know, content for myself or, uh, for, for my company, I'm not using it because I'm very picky, but if I was using it for uh, a client, um, I, I have enough, uh, expertise now, um, in using those platforms where I can get something probably better, uh, than if someone on their team was to do it in about one, one hundredth of the time. So mm -hmm. will, this technology replace content writers? 
kind of, right? Um, so I did I did manage a, a content team as a client of, of 20 writers, right? This is a great example, um, you know, a pretty pretty big freelance uh, team. This was a couple months before the technology came out. Um, if, 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 if I was still managing that team, we would 100% be using it. And we would, and we would only need uh, probably about five people on that content team, right? Um, at the end of the day, whether it's yourself or if, if someone's hiring you, they're always trying to maximize profitability, right? Yeah, um, and, that, and that sounds sad as a former writer, you know, you don't want your job to go away, but what's going to be happening probably somewhere in the next two to five years is those content teams, um, it's going to become two to three people who are great at prompt writing and prompt chaining, um, you know, with, with using these, these technologies. Um, and I've, you know, I did a lot of exploring on this early on and just writing kind of like bad prompts and you'll get bad outputs. So it's, it's the same uh, theory, you know, garbage in garbage out. So if you're not a good prompt writer, you're going to look at the content and you're, say, and you're going to say, Oh, this is never going to be able to replace a real writer. Absolutely not. But you get a good writer who has used the technology before and they become pretty good with prompt writing. And then you can start chaining those prompts together. I can write a pretty decent uh, article that could rank um, a thousand words in three, three to four minutes and still have enough time to go in and put my quote unquote human touch in there as well. So will it replace all content writers? No. Is it going to drastically change what content, you know, freelance writing content teams looks like in the next two to five years? Absolutely. Absolutely. I've been doing this too long uh, to, to, to come up. Like I, I don't usually come off with a, a lot of hot takes, Mark, but that is one of them. I mean, even though like, I mean, it's good to have some differences in AI content. Like I use Grammarly and that's an AI that runs through the, uh, document I submit and it tells me ways to make it better. So I feel like AI is going to be something that shows up in a lot of writers, a lot of businesses as well. Uh, but it's definitely good to see different ways to use it. Like I see, I don't use chat GPT, but I just see that's like, you get a lot of ideas quickly. You have questions, you have prompts, you get uh, rough drafts very quickly that you would have to do a lot of tweaking for, but it is something you can do. Uh, but I definitely see it as like, you get a lot of ideas very quickly. That's where I'm at with it. But just the fact that there are so many AI tools that increase efficiency and help with profit margins. It's something that I can see a lot of businesses looking at these types of software. Yeah, exactly. And I think, you know, at least pre uh, chat GPT, it was kind of an industry secret. Um, you know, a lot of the biggest agencies working with fortune 100, fortune 500s, they've been using this, you know, for two years. And I think it was the, the combination of yes, now chat GPT, uh, everyone knows about it, right? It's on CNN. They're talking about it on ESPN. It's it's everywhere, right? Like on your local news. Um, so I think that's one piece. But now you're starting to see whether, uh, you know, people fessing up or they're just, um, you, you know, doing experiments. Uh, but there was actually an article in uh, Business Insider this week where, you know, Sports Illustrated 
admitted, right? They said, hey, we wrote these articles with AI and they were amazing and no one noticed, right? Um, so I do think it is going to become more mainstream uh, where it was almost, there's this kind of like gray area where it's like, oh, taboo, should you use it? Should you not? Should you disclose it? But I I, I really think that um, the same way that we might use Google Docs or, or Grammarly, right? And it's just a part of our, our writing process. I think that's what it's going to look like soon. Um, you know, not where you're necessarily just feeding um, prompts to a, a bot, but um, a lot of the other platforms, it's just more of a of a you know word processor format, and you just type, and you can just hit a button when you have writer's block, or you're like, oh, where do I put this? You, you know, where do I take this? Mm. You can, you know, you know, maybe you write your first opening paragraph, and then you ask AI to make 10 bullet points for you. And maybe you use eight of those. And then maybe out of those eight bullet points, you write paragraphs for two of them. And then maybe the, the AI finishes the other six. Um, so I, I do think that's what's what content uh, kind of production is going to start to look a lot more like. I mean, that's a really great insight. Uh to using it to get rid of writer's block because it, it generates ideas so quickly. That's one of its greatest strengths. And if you have gaps and you just need to get the ball rolling, some initial momentum, it can help out a lot uh, with any strategy. Um, I do want to go into like, like chat GPT, like it's revolutionary technology, the whole AI, like it is evolving. Uh, but there's also... It, it ties into the theme that there is a lot of noise in the digital marketing space. And I feel like it's easy for people to pursue like shiny objects. Uh, I think TikTok is another example of that. People have definitely seen great success on TikTok, but for some business owners, it doesn't make as much sense and it's just a shiny object. Uh, so I'm wondering with all of the this rapid pace of innovation, how do we stay focused on the fundamentals instead of getting lured away by a shiny object. Absolutely. Uh, Mark, it's so important that you brought that up. You know, uh, shiny object syndrome is, is uh, a, a disease that plagues all of us, right? Entrepreneurs, small business owners, um, everyone. Um, so I think that, you know, even to, if we tie this, this concept of, you know, GPT, uh, back to something I mentioned earlier with content strategy, right? Um, so even using it to help with ideation, um, you, you know, and if you get good with prompts, you can say, hey, here's my subject. I'm trying to plan content across these platforms and I want to touch on these things. And, you know, may, again, maybe you're not copying and pasting everything, but if it's just for ideation and to help you get to the, to, um, you know, to start connecting point A to point B, I think right there, it's it's an incredible use case for just about any, you know, business owner or marketer or or what have you. Um, but the the way I differentiate it from you know something like a like a fad, um, you know, full disclosure, I'm not a big social media guy. I'm really not because I think um, organic social media for a lot of at least clients that we work with, you know, small business and and, and startups, organic media uh, or organic social media has a negative. ROI a lot of times because uh, companies, their soft costs factor that into it, all those meeting and all that time that you spend creating the content and they're not even tracking it properly to see if they're going to get a return. Um, so I don't think that necessarily, uh, you know, using this technology um, would be the same as, as, as a, you know, shiny, uh, shiny, shiny object syndrome, you know, like, like a TikTok. It's like, is TikTok going to be around in five years? I don't know. It could be twice the size it is now, it could be five times the size it is now, or it could fade, could fade away, right? 
kind of similarly, at least how, you know, businesses and brands have started to uh, kind of shy away from Snapchat over the last couple of years and, you know, seemingly invest some of that time into TikTok. So I, I always think there's going to be those, you know, shiny object uh, syndromes, um, just different platforms. But I don't think, at least in this case of, you know, like a, a, a GPT um, writing and helping you create content as a shiny object, because it's it's actually, um, that's not the destination, right? Like a TikTok or something, that's, that's the destination, that's the platform, where usually, um, depending on how you use it, obviously, you know, um, using GPT technology is, is just helping you create content across multiple platforms. So that's still on you to go back to, you know, what we talked about originally is, is measuring. It's like, all right, well, are you getting you know, leads from TikTok, maybe you are, right? So maybe that shiny object in this case is fine, but um, I'd say the overwhelming majority of businesses aren't getting those kind of returns from um, organic social media. Yeah, I mean, there are a lot of social networks, like people's times are splintered on them. So if you have 10,000 followers on a platform, not all those 10,000 people are gonna see, like. It, not all 10,000 email subscribers see either, but email subscriber numbers are just so much better. Uh, and then social networks are incentivized to push the paid content. Like you look at these social medias, uh, social networks nowadays, and it's, you see so much paid content. You don't see stuff from your friends anymore. And uh, it's a very pay to play atmosphere. So, I mean, it's definitely something to keep in mind for business owners. Absolutely. And yeah, um, again, not not to you know go too far down the anti-social media uh, platform, but there's a reason it's free, right? It's mm. free. And early on, you know, the early days of, of at least businesses being on social media, I'm saying like 2009 to 2012, um, you, you, you had fantastic organic reach, right? So uh, if, if, if you had 100 followers and you put a post out on your Facebook page in 2010, probably 20 of them were going to see it. So about a 20% organic reach. You know, now you're very lucky if, if you get 2% organic reach, right? Obviously, the better your content is and the more people are engaging, you know, you might hit, you know, some of those higher percentages. But for the most part, you're maybe seeing uh, 1% to 3% uh, organic reach. And that's the other thing, too, with repurposing content, you know, so like, we talk about this with clients all the time about, you know, reusing and repurposing and, and you know, a lot of them are hesitant because they say, oh, well, we're gonna, if, if we put this out on Instagram, you know, we can't make a blog post about it two weeks later. And then we sit down and we say, all right, well, it looks like your reach is about 2% here, right? So it's actually the overwhelming majority of people did not see it and will not see it, which is why content repurposing, you know, has been a pretty hot topic for, you know, a couple of years. I mean, content repurposing, it is a really great element for a lot of digital strategies. It, it's just an easier way to get more mileage out of your existing content. And with digital strategies, there's just so much that goes into it. We've covered a lot of ground in this episode of Breakthrough Success. Jordan, for people who want to learn more about what you're doing, where do you suggest we go? Uh, AccelerantAgency.com. Uh, that's um, probably, probably the best way, you know, like I said, not, not a huge believer, uh, in social media, but I do, uh, post, post on LinkedIn as well. So you can, you can look, uh, you can look me up there, but for the most part, uh, accelerantagency.com. Well, break to successors. We will have that link in the show notes, just like Jordan and I'm a big fan of LinkedIn as well. Jordan, thank you so much for joining us on breakthrough success. It was a pleasure to have you here today. Thanks, Mark. Thanks for having me.